Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 19. Hi, hello, welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 19. I'm currently sitting in a hotel room in London. It's for a work thing. It wouldn't interest you, so I won't explain. But it's weird. Anyway, episode 19, one step closer to the half-year mark. It's been a pretty good ride so far. And because it was International Podcast Day yesterday, that is, it was International Podcast Day on September the 30th, I was featured on a blab, which was like a sort of like a live web chat thing, and it was with Colin Gray, who's the podcast host, and it was a pretty good thing. Apparently it'll be online in the coming days and weeks, so if it becomes available, I'll share it. If not, you missed out on some really cool stuff. It was all about how we can make podcasting bigger from a Scottish perspective. It was pretty, pretty interesting. And hopefully I'll get to do it again. It was it was a lot of fun. So thanks to Colin for that. It was ace. On this episode, I have B. Dolan, who is one of my favourite rappers. Fallen House, Sunken City, hit me at a time when I was slowly going off music in general. You know how you get those lulls in your musical life where it just doesn't seem like anything is really ticking the boxes for you? Well, that's kind of what happened to me. I was introduced to hip-hop a good five years before that and I'd just kind of gotten into a rut with just about everything I was listening to. Fallen House, Sunken City, made me enthusiastic about music again. also led me to branch out and find a whole other bunch of hip-hop artists that I otherwise wouldn't even have bothered to look for. It was one of those things where... The album to me was just so good that I wanted to hear more hip-hop and I wanted to hear newer hip-hop and I went searching and I found some pretty awesome stuff. But yeah, B. Dolan's Fallen House at Sunken City was a catalyst for that. It's kind of odd. I mean, I've spoken about how we're all obsessed with music before, but sometimes we do just get stuck in that rut. Our enthusiasm for music is less like a constant forward motion, but more like the sort of stop-start motion of an old rickety car. After that, I started to reflect on how I got into his music and how his music jolted me out of that funk. So for that, I was really appreciative at the time. Now I'm even more appreciative of him taking the time to talk to me. Having that obsession and keeping that obsession is really difficult work. Sometimes, as you grow older, 
the obsession fades and other things in life start to steer your attention away. That's natural. That happens to all of our, all of our obsessions, all of our interests. You end up getting subsumed by life. Keeping in touch with music, not even with particularly current music, but generally just refreshing your taste and your catalogue with new things, it can be quite a difficult thing to do. Anyway, Fallen House at Sunken City remains an important piece of music for me. However, with his new album, Kill the Wolf, he's really raised the bar. It's it's a very cohesive, it's probably the most cohesive piece of work that he's done so far. And having had him take the reins on a production and just generally steer the direction of the album, even if it took five years, is something you can really hear on the record. And I think he's set a new high watermark for not just his own music, but hip-hop this year. It's, it's pretty awesome. I don't want to say too much about the interview, because we do talk a lot about the album. But there's a level of craft and a level of attention to detail, which you just don't hear very often in any genre of music. So yeah, you should go and check it out. With that in mind, I'm going to open up with a song from the album called All Right. Fashion 
fade, style is eternal. I'm back, cause time's a flat circle. So put the needle to the platter, we serve you. And black out and spaz smash furniture. You in the whip and snap and turn signal. Drive up on the curb and park in the store window. I'm kidding, no, don't piss your life away. Turn up the gas, put the metal in the microwave. Radiate, let's make it to a brighter day. Because the bucket brigade is not coming. So let it burn, cause you can't save nothing. I'ma name names and pray they say something. I'ma use breaks in the beats. Snitch ass websites hating on thieves. But it's okay, cause I ain't even got my name on the D. Tell wife if she leaves, she can take the keys. I told the label if it come, they can blame it on me. Attach my debt, but that's a bad investment. I sank all my winnings in the building the next shit. How I keep moving on the path I step in. See it as a privilege and a duty to wreck shit. Lethal rhetoric for my people's benefit. To be preeminent, I'm a seasoned veteran. May feel degenerate, but I keep a regiment for the increased betterment of my speech development. I'm not saying that I feel good, but I feel alright. I'm not saying that I feel good, but I feel alright. I'm not saying that I feel good, but I feel all saying that I feel good, but I feel all saying that I feel good, but I feel all Stockpile ammunition for police standoff. I learn to breathe underwater with your organs on the outside. Fit it up, jittery from the downtime. I don't want to do it all on my own. And I don't want to die looking at my phone. I'm on six kind of pills for five different ills. And I got a right feel, but I ain't got drones. What I'm trained to do is use microphones. What they say to do is hide away at home. Who I wanted to be was an American poet. Get props in the cipher and record the moment. Then my whole city got buried and broken. So I sat right down in the rubble and wrote this. The field is dry, the wind is high. Fix your lips and let sparks fly. I'm not saying that I feel good, but it's fine. Got a beaten up copy of Catcher in the Rye Keep it nearby if you ever doubt that And if the world burns, I'll provide the soundtrack Throw me to the walls and I'll come back Lead the other pack Be Dolan. Hey. This is a fucking pleasure, man. I'm so glad I'm sitting here talking to you. Yeah, I'm glad I'm sitting here talking to you too. We're both alive. We both made it. I was talking to my friend earlier on about this, and he's like, B. Dolan seems like an awesome guy. And I was like, yeah, also seems like a scary guy. I have, I have scary moments, but um, I'm, I contain them. I'm trying to contain them. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to let the bear out of the cage. What, what happens when the bear gets out of the cage? I just get in fights in parking lots in uh, at the Westmoreland farm stand. Apparently, I had almost had to like scream on this like seventy year old man. Like he 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 started with me really. I kind of we I opened my door and I kind of bumped his window a little bit and I was like, oh my bad. You know, I looked. There's no scratch. No big deal. This dude just started really popping off. And I just uh, looked at him. I went, shh. I would start just shushing him like a baby, and that made him even madder. And then he, like, jumps out of his car, and I realized he's, he was mad old. But he really wanted it. He wanted to fight me. But I was like, either way, I lose in this situation. Either, you know, I knock out a 70-year-old man, or I get knocked out by a 70-year-old man. There's no winning that fight. So I, I just moonwalked. I moonwalked away, and that made him really, really mad. But he couldn't do anything because he, he couldn't chase me as fast as I moonwalked. Because he's a 70-year-old man, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> frail. Frail ass. 
man. I often ask on my Facebook page, I ask him interviewing this guy and if you get any questions for him. And somebody wanted me to ask you this question is, B. Dolan, how does it feel to be awesome? I, I don't know, man. It feels <laughs> like, like achy. It feels achy to be awesome. You got to be awesome a lot of nights in a row to be awesome all the time. You're only as awesome as your last awesome. I was uh, doing my research earlier on and yesterday, and an effort, it was in an effort to come up with questions that you'd never been asked before. <laughs> be fun. I came across, um, I don't know if you did, with Passion of the Weiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I feel fucking hugely inadequate. That guy knows everything about hip hop, yeah. and so do you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is yeah, so yeah. weird. That was a good interview. I like, shout out Passion of the Weiss <laughs> and Zilla Rocca, who did that. That uh, interview, yeah. yeah. So, um, and now, uh, so I went, down, went to sit, so I sat down to do my question. I was like, "Oh fuck, what am I going to do now?" <laughs> Let's talk about what you're interested in. What are you interested in? This is not about me, man. It's about you. The podcast is about you. My voice is just a big fucking loud noise. <laughs> what do you? What do you like? What are you interested in? What do you like? I like, I like beards. Beards? Yeah. Who cares about beards? It's fucking pubic hair that grows out of your face. Um, yeah, so the, the one thing that impressed me about that interview is that guy had an encyclopedic knowledge of hip-hop, and so do you. So where does that, like, when did you get so obsessed with hip-hop? I, was a, I feel like I was obsessed from the second I heard hip-hop, um, and so I just, just, like, devoured everything. And, yeah, it just, I mean, it was, it's the, not the type of thing where you can sit down and be like, I want to have an encyclopedic knowledge of hip hop. You know, like it's just more like your passion for it brings you into it. And you, you know, you are paying such attention that when dude mentions his hype man or, you know, like, you know, who's cause you know, that Dell and ice cube are cousins and, you know, like you just pick up these random facts and by just being and then yeah that's why becoming a rapper was almost like just the ultimate fulfillment of my fan dumb of rap it was just like oh now i get to like meet you motherfuckers and like hear your stories backstage and shit and yeah i'm still i'm still a fan of rap i'm oh i hope i'm always a fan of rap do you still get starstruck when you meet people that you really fucking love i don't get starstruck too often I'm trying to remember the last time I got starstruck. I I was in New York once and I was in Times Square and I was uh and Al Pacino walked in front of me and he walked in front of me wearing a black leather jacket with sunglasses on at at dusk and uh and <laughs> when it, and when I saw him he looked like fucking Al Pacino in a movie and I and I was so shocked that I I yelled that's Al Pacino. Like, like I, I love, I fucking, no one was with me. I just started yelling the, the, his fucking name. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's when you say starstruck, that's, that's like the last time I remember being truly starstruck. I met Buckshot, who, who made like the first hip hop 12 inch I ever bought. And I was pretty starstruck then. But yeah, I mean, you know. I having having been on the other side of you know like you're looking at me like how does it feel to be awesome yeah. I'm, I'm telling you like I don't know it feels fucking like I could use some Advil right now and I'm a little sleepy like you know so I the, the, that realization is like the, everybody's just people you yeah. know except Prince Prince is probably not a person yeah I was gonna say that I fucking love Prince he's like I wish he was my dad yeah I mean if he was my dad I'd be small which I don't know if I'd be okay with being small I but want, yeah. I don't I, want Prince to be my dad I want Prince to be a creature that lives in the air. I think he is a creature that lives in there. He lives somewhere, which is... 
yeah. yeah that's true yes nobody's that's quite sad actually no, he's nobody he's nobody's son either he just like he was formed from music from the ether he just appeared one day it's interesting you say that. i don't think he's a real person like he's never had to be a real person you know yeah <laughs> he's, he's special Go, uh, to everybody listening to this podcast, go go to Google, Google YouTube, go to YouTube, <laughs> look up um, Prince Tom Petty. Oh yes, yeah, and that, they're covering um, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" uh, at like I think it was George Harrison's induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Watch Prince's performance in that; it's the, the most amazing shit I've ever seen. So it's interesting you brought up Prince. One of the questions that I have about is about Kill the Wolf, obviously. And you've taken on you took on like that Prince like role with that record. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. I produced it. I produced everything. Yeah. So you've said in interviews it's all about like evolving the Beethoven sound, and it is, it is obviously a huge like kind of cohesive piece of work, which is something which is quite interesting given you put out two mixtapes between that and Fallen House Up in the City. What was there something? Is that something you always wanted to achieve, like having that Prince-like role? I guess, or was it just like this is the next logical thing I have to do for my sound? Um, it was well, the, me me on the production side of thing is something that started in at the same time I started. I mean, almost at the same time I started rapping because I was I was in New York City and I was I didn't really understand how anything worked, um, and I thought you know I was eighteen. I just moved to New York because all my favorite rappers were from there. And I, I didn't know, like, I was like, all right, well, you get on stage and get discovered or something. Like, and, uh, and then I encountered the industry. I had like an early encounter with Def Jam. And I was like, I just realized that that side of shit was not for me. And that like networking and all that shit. I was 18 and I was just like, I wanted to make like dark political shit. I wanted to make what I'm making now. And I just immediately thought like, it's never going to sell and if it does, like, it's not going to be because these people were into it. Like, and so I bought a drum machine and I bought a laptop and I started before I had a place to live. I bought those things and I started just learning to track my own vocals and make my own demo beats and all that shit. So I've been producing as long, almost as long as I've been really, as long as I've been recording my raps, I, I was producing the beats early on. Um, and then I just kind of have run into all these other more talented producers along the way um, that I then worked with. But also I've met a lot of people that have showed me stuff, you know, whether it's like showing me records or uh, breaks or showing me techniques or, um, you know, Alias has showed me a ton of stuff. Buddy Peace has shown me a ton of stuff. And, you know, like it's and it's just become it's a natural thing. It's like a, because I have an excitement about what they're doing. I'm interested. I'm like, oh, what are you do? what are you doing? And, you know, like producers share tips with each other and shit. Um, and so, yeah, it just developed over time. Like, I, you know, my skills at production developed slower than my skills at emceeing. But, um, yeah, over time, it just be, kind of became clear around House of Bees 2 when um, that Tin Soldiers joint, I produced that on House of Bees 2. And it was, that was kind of the first time where I was like, yeah, I think my beats are there, where, like, they're good enough for me to rap. <laughs> I'm a better rapper than I was a better rapper than I was a producer. And the rapper half of me was just like, nah, nah, son, not yet, nah. But, uh, so, yeah, and it just, um, it became a way to, like, the production side of thing be- on, on Kill the Wolf became a way to just tie together all the best of what was available to me. I still worked with over 20 collaborators on that record. Yeah. So to say I just produced it, like, I didn't, it wasn't on some print shit. It wasn't yeah. like I sat down and played every instrument. Like, it was more like I, I kind of curated the best of 
what my friends did and then added what I could hear in my mind. Um, and yeah, the result was cohesive because it was all made through the same process kind of. It all, it all returns to like that one singular artistic vision you had yeah. for that record. Um, do you feel as though that then, and I, I don't want to harp on too much about the record because obviously you're more than just a fucking album, but um, do you think that's maybe the most complete you've, that you've sounded like on I record so. at this point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I run into you know fans who have a preference of you know one of the early you know like kids always come to the merch table and ask me like what's your favorite and i my general answer is like the <laughs> the most recent thing i've done is my favorite because i it's most representative of what's closest to where i am and what i want to you know like i don't i mean i i def, i certainly i still am really proud of every record we've released which i'm glad i can say that but um yeah i mean in terms of where I'm at now, that's that's the best representation, I think. In terms of what I'm going to put in and listen to, if I'm going to listen to one of my albums, I'll, I'll listen to the last thing I did. Until it starts to feel like, nah, this is old. Like, it starts to feel old to me because I, I've had more ideas and I want to, you know, that's, and that's sort of the seed of what starts me working on the next record. You know? You're kind of in that place now because it took five years to write it. You kind of feel now, holy shit, I've had this for so long and... I just want to move on to the next thing, but obviously you can't because you're on this tour now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, but you know, there's still there's still a um, creative and it's even a songwriting process involved in making now the songs become live things. So you know, rats get fat. Uh, for example, is finished on the album, but when we went to do it live, I was just like, nah, this isn't, this isn't gonna kill live enough. And so me and Buddy Peace have developed this remix of Rat Get, Rats Get Fat Now that we do live that incorporates like the hip hop is dead instrumental and the Slick Rick children's story instrumental. Like, so the song changes, it just, you know, by being done live, it changes, you know, you start dropping out words, you start saying different things in certain places, you start, you know, accentuating other parts because the crowd's reaction sort of tells you how to change it over time. So it, it changes and changes to the point where, like, I go listen to my old albums and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's how that song sounded like 10 years ago or, you know, eight years ago, whatever. Um, so, you know, there's still a there's still a part of songwriting going on in the live show and in developing and tightening up the live show that is cool it's fun to do that with these songs now speaking of songwriting and, and kind of generally being creative I guess to you obviously with having your own set up and now I guess studio and producing it and all that yourself is that do you are you constantly writing songs at home like is that is that like a thing that you're obsessed by doing just making beats writing lyrics is that something you always do yeah yeah, that's that's everything else I do is in service of that, really. Like it, it, even even the touring. Like I like touring. I like performing. I like seeing fans. But the I mean the real the really real reality is that like all of this is in order for me to be able to continue doing this and to you know the the most the most fun I ever have is like yeah those days when I've got nothing to do but make a song, um, you know. But also, I mean, every everything you know. I'd say that's about a third of what I do. The 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 like, the other third is like just strictly business, like emails, um, t-shirt designs, like which is also creative. You, you know what I mean? Like it's all, it's a, I do some thing like face managing my Facebook and social media is probably the other third, uh, which is not you know like I'm not in love with Facebook and Twitter, but you know like. It, it all at the end of the day, I just get to I get to be me for a living, which is incredible. Like you know, 
<clears throat> compared to every other adult I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got to get it. Like, uh, it's an incredible blessing, man. I live in, like, this was my idea for myself when I was 12 years old. When I was 12 years old, I used to, like, lay in bed and, like, imagine being on stage. I used to, like, listen to music and headphones and imagine that I was on stage performing it. And now what, I'm 34, 35 or something, and I'm living in the manifestation of a 12-year-old's idea which is very strange to me sometimes, but it, it works. It was like a pretty good idea that that 12 year old had. <laughs> yeah. So I guess 12 year old Jews inside is like, yes, I've fucking done it. I'm yeah. fucking here, man. High five. <laughs> High five, 12 year old B. Um, so I guess that kind of leads into another question I wanted to ask you is, um, you said for Kill the Wolf and in other, in other interviews, you've said in Kill the Wolf, you want to reinvent your sound. So is that constant evolution of your creative and songwriting process is that, that must be, like you just said about doing songs live, that must be a continual process of making yourself better as a, yeah. as a creative human being. Is that yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, I, um, you know, I'm forever just studying other music um, of all kinds. You know, like the beauty of hip-hop and, and digging for samples is that, like, I'm as much a student of jazz and, uh, <laughs> you know, like, world music. And, you know, I'm forever, like, just checking records for stuff but then i've also just become fan of fans of of you know 70s psych rock from greece you know like just weird shit where it's just like oh wow like that's that's really weird what they did with that chorus or like oh you hear what that kick sounds like you know like just forever studying and hearing other things and hearing what other people are doing and what i like about it and what you know it sparks ideas and and uh and yeah just uh i think i think that if you if you listen to my catalog over the course of it, I've gotten better at better at song structure, at making songs. At, especially like when I first was trying to rap, I was just when I, when we first started rapping, man, we just were like cipher kids. So we would just rap for three hundred bars, just just raps, <laughs> and then just, like no one understood what the fuck a chorus was or what a sixteen bar verse was or you know like a, a breakdown or any of that shit. So all that shit I've learned over time you know like on on uh, kill the wolf i feel like it's got the best choruses i've ever had you know like that that was really something i, I wanted to work on after fallen house sunken city like uh those choruses work but but they work in like a it's like a caveman way <laughs> you know like they were you know like, bleed your customer get yourself free bleed your customer <laughs> like that's the fucking chorus i just i'm gonna say this one sentence eight times i guess like and it works because it's just an energy thing but uh yeah, I just, like, on this record, I all of a sudden was having ideas for, like, sung choruses. And I can't sing that well, but I would I would sing a little guide track, and then I would send it off to a, a more talented vocalist who I had met along the way, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think I've just been trying to get better and better. I'm still trying to get better. I want to just spell a little myth, I guess. I started at the start of this interview by saying B. Dolan seems like a scary guy, but when he talks about his music, like he just did there, just give you a little insight into what it looks like here. Um, fucking face just lights up, man. Like, <laughs> looks so happy to be talking about, like, the shit that you love. Like, that's... And you get, like you said, you get to be yourself for, for a living. Um, but one thing I was wondering, as you were saying that, is a lot of MCs just... You work with producers. Do you think there's a lot of MCs which would like to be 
like you with the producer aspect or are they okay with being like I don't I, I'm not yeah. entirely sure if you're the norm or if you're the exception if that makes sense in terms of crossing over yeah. the skills you have like yeah. how do you feel about that well it's a cliche a cliche is rappers that want to produce it's like actors that want to direct like yeah everybody wants to but some, a lot of people shouldn't you know um, but yeah I, so I don't know I don't know if that's the norm I think like I said because I started such a long time ago um and it, you know, I, I was aware, I had a, a self-awareness, like I'm very, something that I think is really critical for artists that I've been blessed with is like an ability to know when I'm, I just made a piece of shit, <laughs> you know, like a, 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 an ability to step outside of myself and my ego and look at something I created and go like, this is not good enough. Like that's really critical. Or either that or you need someone that can do that for you. Like that's what a producer does, you know, in the more traditional sense. But, um... I haven't had that for a lot of my career, so I've had to know myself. You know, uh, I have I have peers that I check in with that, like I know will give me good feedback. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what everybody else is doing. I know, I know, I know of a couple rappers I can think of. Some some who are big in deals right now that have just recently tried to like produce for themselves, and I'm not feeling it as much as when they were working with other producers. I mean, maybe some people feel that way about me. I don't know. You know, like I know I'm sure there's some people that will like want me to do another album with Alias and me and Alias have talked about doing another I'm not I'm not totally committed to like every B Dolan album from now on is going to be self produced. I mean I actually have been working with a couple different producers lately and going the other way. And, and and recently just worked with a producer who who does take more control than I've ever given anyone. Um and and you know, was just involved in my process from the minute I heard the beat, which is new. You know, like it's for me it starts with like it's like weird kind of scatting and then like maybe some freestyling to just figure out like where in the where in the pocket of the rhythm I wanna talk. Uh and yeah, this dude was like listening to me doing that and going like, yeah, do that. Ah, yeah, but all right, leave space. Yeah, but okay, yeah, that's a core, you know, like, which is it, which after five years of making all the decisions, that this is new to me now, you know, like, so I look for the thing that I haven't done yet more than anything, really. That I wandered so far from your original question, but. I think you answered it actually, so it's fine. Um, I'm just conscious of time now, so I guess it's probably a good idea to wrap this up. I could talk for hours about this shit, man. It's fucking so cool. But um, is there anything else you want to say or anything you want to ask me before we finish? Are you are you fulfilled in life? Is anyone fulfilled in life? Sure, somebody is. Can we can we find that person and kill him? No, because he's a kid. Oh, that's that's a moral quandary. Um, it's been awesome thank you very much yeah good looking out millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option I never really was a salad guy that's just not who I am but Noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
you'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Peace. B. Dolan, such an awesome guy. I was quite scared to talk to him. You know, he's a really intense guy, really intense dude. But, you know... He's just, he's not really like that. He is like that. He's a very, you can tell he's a very deep thinker. He's a very pensive guy. But he was a joy to talk to. And I'm really glad I got the opportunity to do that. So yeah, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please drop me a rating and review on iTunes if you can. That would be smashing. I'm going to play you out now with another track of his. This one's called Which Side Are You On? I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. Don't let them escape unpunished. A transgender African-American woman is facing trial for murder after an incident outside a Minneapolis bar where she was reportedly harassed and then physically attacked. Reportedly interrogated without counsel, placed in solitary confinement. McDonald's supporters have said the case is symptomatic of the bias against transgender people and African-Americans in the criminal justice system. Who let the torch pass, fall in the tall grass, fire alarm, why is this on, what do you call that? Call it predictable political cliches, so when the movie ends, the revolution's dead. Replay the sequence of events that led to these deep divisions. I realize the order wrong, people are in prison. The children want to know if I believe in the reptilians. I tell them I don't know, but on the TV I see lizards. When action was in fashion, you were such an easy mimic. Pump a sticker, quote, lifting, grip, no statistic. Grass for the straw man, born again, cynic, fair with the firebrand sparked my suspicion Knew you were the type to take the fight like a gimmick And rock the t-shirt when your sweat wasn't in it The clock is still ticking for the victim of the future You wait until they look like you to ever choose, but I'm dealing with homophobia and hip-hop Big lyrics and things like that That homo Are you talking about? Yeah I can't talk to you about that That's the industry What I represent culturally doesn't condone it whatsoever. Do you think that a gay rapper would ever be accepted oh, wow. in hip-hop culture? Who wrote the greatest lines of our generation But couldn't get from under their own small-minded hatred The same rappers say they troop in the front lines A casually use the word faggot as a punchline That's not a man, that's not a tough guy That is a sucker and a fraud to the culture Hip-hop is folk music grown from the struggle And half these fools could put the mic down and run as a Republican Fuck them, then they learn from their own wrong Homophobes don't go to my shows, we too strong And if you in the front row harassing girls during a song I'ma reach out and ask you exactly Which side are you on? Which side are you on? You ain't gotta like it Which side are you on? This is Which what we're faced with on? And this is the reality Which now When we come to Washington In this campaign We're coming to get our check I'm on the side of poor people getting organized I'm on the side of choice where it is in short supply I'm on the side of those the system doesn't authorize LGBT, we are on the side of pride Justice and equality Egypt and Wisconsin when they march against the policy If you bring it down to King 
I'm on your side probably Kids will give me shit for this It really doesn't bother me They were not around But we were wrestling with poverty So I follow running Ask no one to follow me Use your own mind Use your heart and your anger Check yourself Because apathy is a cancer And let your action be the answer